What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunk. My name is Scott, and back with another great episode for you here. I'm coming at you live from the Last American Vagabond Studios here in Franklin, Tennessee. Um, so what I'm going to do real quick is just, um, without doing too much promotion about the show, I'm going to implore you guys, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, value for value, support of the show, stuff like that. But tonight, it's a little bit different. I really want you to kind of look in at yourself and see if it's within you to support the cause that we're going to be talking about tonight. And we're going to, we're going to get quite into it here, but also a great way that you can support the cause, you know, if you're not in a position to help financially is really to uh, just share the show. So that's kind of what I want to get to here real quick. And that's, uh, Oh geez, hold on. Um, so let me see if I can do this here. Yeah, we can do this. There we go. My bad. All right. So the website is, <laughs> Rebunk.news. That's the website right here. So if you go to rebunk.news, you're going to see all the video platforms that we're on. So this will this is going live right now on Rockman and Rumble. It'll eventually be live on uh, InfoWars' band.video platform, BitChute, and Odyssey. Also on all audio, audio podcast players. So Spotify, iTunes, um, whatever, wherever you listen to podcasts, um, you know, make sure you take a moment and just subscribe to the show. And so these are going to be your ways of sharing the show. Um, if you're on Telegram, t.me forward slash rebunkpod is the Telegram group. You'll see this this uh, this interview posted there, um, so you can share with other Telegram groups that you might be in. So definitely, please follow the show at Telegram t.me forward slash Rebunked Pod. So that's what we got here. Um, I just want to do a real quick overview of how you can share the show. Um, without further ado, I want to bring in our guest tonight. So our guest tonight is Jenna Campau. Hold on, Jenna. Did I pronounce your name right, Campau? Campau. Last name is Campo. Compo. Okay. I'm so sorry. Compo. So Jenna, no welcome. problem. So, um, those of you that tuned in the other night, I had a fantastic conversation with Brian Festa, the attorney from we, the Patriots USA, uh, we, the Patriots USA.org. Um, we talked about all the various cases that he's involved in and the one that really stood out and you guys may have heard in the episode, um, <clears throat> was the case of Elisa Compo. And, uh, it's a powerful, heartbreaking story and uh it's just you know it's not a surprise it's not a surprise we know the world we're living in is just like complete madness and uh when 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 it all comes to a head and like it starts to impact children that's when it becomes like a major issue and i'm i'm, I'm grateful that we the patriots and brian and his team are, are fighting back and uh you know i kind of asked him to put me in touch with uh the compo family and uh so we're super grateful to have you here jenna jenna how are you Thank you. Thank you, Scott, for having us. Um, I really appreciate you um, allowing us this time. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So um, where would you like to start here? Um, can we maybe just, just tell us a little bit about uh, Elisa in general? Sure. Um, we actually, she's uh, going to be 18 next month, which is actually, as you'll find out, a key part of our story right now. Um, but we actually met her in 2012. Um, we had adopted um, our youngest son from um, Ukraine in uh, 2009 and we traveled back there as a family in 2012 and visited the orphanage that he had come from. Uh, just to let them know that he was okay and um, serve in any way we could there for a couple of days. And um, 
lo and behold, we met this little girl uh, who um, kind of tugged at our hearts, but she was like a lot of kids there at the orphanage more as in a foster care type of setting rather than as an actual orphan at the time. And so she was not adoptable. And um, so it actually was not until seven years later in 2019 that a missionary friend of ours who um, was regularly out of that orphanage let us know that Elisa's uh, last um, biological relative had died and she was being registered as an orphan. So we started the adoption process uh, in 2019 and finally completed it in June of 2021. And uh, we knew before we even brought her home that she had some kind of kidney issues, but we didn't really know the extent and her medical records were very sparse, uh, which is pretty typical. Uh, that happens a lot in international adoptions. Um, so, but that was okay. That that wouldn't have changed anything. Um, and so we brought her home in June of last year and quickly uh, realized we needed some help and got connected with specialists. And uh, by August of 2021, um, she had... Uh, taken, she had declined some in her health and started dialysis at that time. And the conversation about transplant began. Okay. All right. And so, um, so I guess what you were alluding to a minute ago, how the, the, the fact that, that she's turning 18 soon is, is a problem in the sense that apparently there's two separate waiting lists. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. There is the pediatric waiting list, uh, which, um, uh, someone who is under 18 would be entered on that uh, transplant waiting list, and they are given uh, priority. And so um, if she were to get on that waiting list before she turns 18, um, her wait time would be on average uh, between 9 and 12 months, whereas someone who is not able to get on the transplant list until they are um 18 or more, um, they have an average wait time of four to six years. Wow. Uh, so significant difference. And so um, also, if someone is um, put on the transplant list, uh, for example, if she were to get on that transplant list now, even if, uh, you know, time goes by and they don't have, um, didn't have a match for her, until, you know, after she turns 18, it doesn't matter. She will always be looked at as a pediatric patient. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Um, do you guys have a donor lined up already? We do not. Okay. Um, no, we don't. Okay. Is that, is that a call to action out there too? Like if there's anybody that's uh, willing and able, is that, is that a thing? I guess I don't, I guess I don't know how these things Well, are. I'm still learning on my feet, uh, but I will say this. Um, if you are a person who has the conviction that um, you don't really want to mess with these experimental <laughs> things that we're dealing with in our culture right now, um, I would suggest that people look at, um, you know, keep your eyes and ears open for situations where if you feel so called uh, to be a living donor and um, this allows someone like us um, to 
have a little bit more, um, I guess I would say it, it, it allows us to not necessarily, we wouldn't know who her donor was. We're not allowed to know that, mm-hmm. but we can put out a call to action to the community of like-minded people so that, um, you know, hopefully her donor would also be someone who has not received some of these, um, procedures, medical. Yes, 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 exactly. So there we go. So now, so now, uh, yeah, I should have probably mentioned this at the top. So this is where the roadblock is here, folks. So you tell us a little bit about, um, the backstory with that. And, and, you know, we are, I guess it's kind of funny. I I normally don't stream on YouTube, but I, I I just started the other day. I'm kind of testing the waters, but traditionally you can say whatever you want on this show. You can say vaccine, you can say anything you want. It doesn't even feel like you have to answer yourself at all here. So Super. Okay. Well, thank you. And yeah. I really like your shirt, by the way. It's perfect for the occasion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this is this is a Last American Vagabond. That's I'm at their studio right now, producing or uh, broadcasting the show. And this is his shirt. His saying, "Question everything." Ryan Christian. He's, he's yeah, excellent. Yeah. So that's really uh, what started me on this journey of um, and and brought me to where I'm at personally as a mom. Um, and just as a citizen looking at these things, but w- what has happened to us is, so Elisa was put on dialysis in, um, in August of last year, as I said, um, by October, uh, we were being offered the flu vaccine at dialysis and, um, well, they let us know that it was it was going to be available the following week. And I just simply said, no, thank you. Like I've done with all of my other kids for the last 30 years. And I didn't know that that was going to be the start of this firestorm. Um, I've I, I had that kind of relationship with our pediatrician where I said, no, thank you. And that was the end of the conversation. Um, but um, that Last October, when I said no, thank you, um, that was the first mention by our kidney specialist of, uh, well, if you are not compliant um, with our protocol, then we may have to get child protective services involved. Mm. So this was the first threat over a flu vaccine. And it was my wake up call that things have really changed and, um, you know, that I was I was (laughs) going to need to be not, um, you know, I wasn't going to change my beliefs, of course, um, but I was going to have to really pay attention to what was going on around me in the medical system. Mm. And I tried to take advantage of every opportunity that they gave for me to talk to one more person because it was presented as if, well, maybe you want to talk to this person over here and um, perhaps you'll be able to negotiate, but that wasn't their intent at all. Mm. Wow. Wow. So um, you were saying that the uh, the pediatrician that you normally dealt with, they kind of had a different attitude about vaccines in general prior to COVID, and then maybe they, they changed their tune. Was that your experience? Uh, no. So oh. our, um, our oldest uh, daughter is 30. So... Oh. Um, so our kids run the gamut from 17 up to 30. And um, I just, we were blessed with a pediatrician when our older kids were little who, um, um, you know, the vaccines were offered, but if someone said no, or they had questions, there could be a dialogue. Yeah. 
Um, and if you declined it, it was respected. Um, <clears throat> uh, she retired and uh, actually shortly after we brought Elisa home. And so we don't have her as our primary uh, care provider at this point. Um, and uh, so uh, it's just been a very eye-opening journey. And, uh, but I, you know, I haven't changed my stance at all that it is critical that parents ask questions. And if your medical professionals that you're dealing with are offended that you would even ask a question and they get defensive, then that's your clue to find, find another practice. Yeah. And so speaking of finding another practice, like, is this a matter of just, is this like a national wait list? Is this the protocol nationwide? Is this something that you could potentially worst case scenario, go to a different state or a different hospital and there'd be a different way of handling this? Or is this just a universal protocol that they have for this particular uh, type of thing? That has been also another, a really interesting journey. And I, again, I'm still learning on my feet, mm -hmm. but my understanding is and I always forget the exact name, but there are some sort of umbrella organizations. They're uh, not for profit, but they're the government contracts with them to sort of organize and keep track of where organs are going. And um, the hospitals claim that uh, that organization, which I think the... Um, the abbreviation is UNOS, UNOS. Mm. Um, the hospitals claim that their hands are tied, that they're following the those regulations. I think UNOS says <laughs> says it's the other way around. Mm. Um, I'm told that really hospitals are setting up their own protocols. So with that said, um, when we started running into this issue and really being threatened. Uh, we did start uh, calling other uh, transplant facilities around the country. Um, it's critical that somebody in this situation, you really have to be able to deal with a facility that's within 500 miles of your home, because when that organ becomes available, you have to be able to get there in time. So that kind of limited um, who we called. But um, so I was uh, with a friend of mine, uh, who's such a treasure to us. Uh, we just called facility after facility and narrowed it down to, uh, I think four back in December that were not requiring the COVID vaccine and seemed open to discussing the others. Uh, but, um, one by one, even after the new year this year, they all folded. Um, it was incredible this far into this whole situation in our nation that um, <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like there's going to be a huge reckoning coming. Yes. All this information is coming out. Like we've like the place I'm at this last American vagabond. I keep, I keep talking about him, Ryan, who produces that show. Like nobody's done a better job of exposing this narrative for him than him in the last couple of years. And it's just like, mm -hmm. at this point, you know, it's all coming to the surface. It's all coming out. Like every day I hear a new fact or a new thing just getting reported and it, it's all going to come crashing down. There's no way that they can sustain this for very, very much longer. So unfortunately in your situation, like we're up against the clock here, like we kind of have like a deadline now. Um, so I want to pull this up here real quick. So I want to show everybody uh, we do have, and we, we talked about this on the episode with Brian, but we also wanted to just show that um, 
So this is this is on wethepatriotsusa.org, you guys. So this is the um, if you go to wethepatriotsusa.org, this is the main homepage. And if you scroll down, you'll see the very first link under features is uh, Elisa's case here, and this is the uh, page. It gives you an overview. And again, this is something that you can share. There's a link in the episode description. Um, you guys, if you just copy and paste this link and share it with your friends, colleagues, neighbors, family, whatever you can do, um, they're trying to raise money to, to mount a legal case here. Okay. And so there's a $50,000 goal, $19,752 raised as of right now. Um, you know, there's little, uh, images that you can click save as you can download these images. You can share the images within like a telegram group or an email or even a text. Um, whatever you can do to get the word out. Like if each person can send it to like five people or 10 people, this would be very helpful. You know, um, I just want to really ask that people just, uh, you know, I signed up as a reoccurring donator to We the Patriot every month. I'm a $5 a month contributor to We the Patriots. Now I did follow through on that. Like I said in the episode, um, and I just really hope that all of you can take a moment and just at least consider this or share it, please. Um, so, all right. Um, so, Hey Jenna, I'm curious. So, what 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 has the CPS situation been like? What you, you did CPS actually get involved in this particular case? So that was really interesting, and I believe miraculous. Um, so, like I said, we were first threatened with CPS being called last October. Then we were threatened again in January, and. Uh, then on april 11 they actually reported us to child protective services and um we just expected uh based on some things we were told by credible people that we could expect to have a face-to-face -face encounter with child protective services within 48 hours after being reported and that time came and went and crickets <laughs> and so um, Alisa has dialysis twice a week and her Friday appointment was coming up and we thought, okay, they know that we have these twice a week appointments in a set location. So they're probably going to show up there. And so I drove to dialysis that Friday um, after the 11th, figuring that I was going to have this encounter and um, you know, <laughs> full of prayer on the drive. Right. And, um, we get there and instead the hospital social worker came to me and told me that child protective services had informed the hospital that they were not going to open a case against us because our, um, objections were at least in part religious. Mm. And I just thought that was mind boggling because, I've heard of so many cases where child protective services completely disregards that. Um, but it was, it was the whole reason that they did not open a case against us. So we were so, so blessed and relieved. Um, and, uh, so then on May 13, uh, with the help, the amazing help of we, the Patriots USA, and many others, we um, filed a lawsuit against the hospital. And uh, well, let's let's which hospital is this? Let's put them on blast here. Yes, yes. This is Spectrum Health Hospital, uh, Helen DeVos Children's Hospital in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay, there you go. Yep. Right. Um, wow. Yeah. So, uh, what is what is the actual lawsuit entail? Then, what is this like? A, a 
what are you guys what are you, what are you seeking in the actual lawsuit if you're able to speak so on in the original draft of the lawsuit the goal uh, so basically we were being denied the right for Elisa to even be evaluated wow. to get on the transplant list. They wouldn't even begin the evaluation process, which is about a three month, normally about a three month process where you're being referred to multiple specialists to just, you know, analyze your health and well-being uh, from head to toe and make sure that you're really a good candidate. And, um, and they're looking at a psychological evaluation and all kinds of things. They would not even provide us the referrals for those evaluations unless we would agree to the vaccines that they were um, demanding, which are over and above just the COVID vaccine. Um, it included several others, the HPV, many others. Um, and they presented that as an absolute, you couldn't pick and choose. You had to take the whole package. Um, so anyway, they were denying us the opportunity to even be evaluated. And so the original draft of the lawsuit was to um, push their buttons and get them to start the evaluation. Okay. Okay. Has, has any progress been made there? Yes. And it's... Um, I don't even know what's around the corner at this point, yeah. but I can tell you that once that lawsuit was filed, the hospital suddenly started offering us all of these referrals. Wow. And one by one, we were able to get those appointments done. Um, then what happens is they take all of that information and they come together as a selection committee. And, um, they did that, uh, I want to say the either, I believe it was the day before yesterday. It might have even been tomorrow, uh, yesterday morning. It's kind of a blur, but this yeah. week her case went to the selection committee and not surprisingly, uh, they denied her for the transplant list. Wow. So that's where it stands right now. And being as close as she is to her 18th birthday, Obviously, uh, what we've talked about earlier um, has been a concern, uh, but also the fact that now she's about to turn 18, um, she has a, what seemed to be, based on some recent evaluations, some slight um, developmental delays. Um, she has the language barrier. Um, yeah. She's still getting used to the culture. And, and so we're looking at this 18 year old who in the medical system is about to be considered an adult making her own decisions. Uh, and so she's just very vulnerable right now. Yeah. Does she understand the nature of the, the situation, the totality of it, you know, and then, then what is her belief? What is her viewpoint on the whole COVID injection? thing? She is, she is, um, as far as the COVID vaccine in particular, even before we brought her home, uh, she told us that in the orphanage that she was at, she witnessed that um, when the vaccine was made available there, it was specifically given to all of the boys and all of the staff um, who are women, 
percent of the time. Um, Anyway, it was only given to the women staff who were beyond childbearing age. So that's really interesting. Just the boys and the women beyond childbearing age. So none of the girls got it, thankfully. Um, But Elisa witnessed um, that uh, several people were injured by it. And so she told us before we even brought her home that she wanted nothing to do with that one in particular. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, has, has expressed since then that she does not want the vaccines. Um, so I'm sorry, I'm losing track of the other part of your question. Oh, no, that's, that's really it. I was just, I was curious. Uh, so that's actually a good place to focus here for a second, because, you know, that's, that's so important, right? I mean, you know, regardless, you know, we have to take the patient's wishes into consideration regardless you know what i mean and yes like, and when it's like a you know a, a minor child you know then there's other considerations as well but of course we have to like respect the autonomy and then the, the wishes of the child so that's I, i'm sure that that's a big question uh that everyone's asked and it's like that seems like that's the most important thing right there if she doesn't want it then it just it just blows me away it's so evil it's so evil. It's so evil. I just can't even believe it. And, and these people that are pushing it, like these people that were on this, this committee or whatever commission that were like approving this moving forward or not, like what, what is, what is going on? Like what, like this is criminal. This is literally criminal. This is a criminal act. Like this is just so diabolical. I just cannot wrap my mind around where they could possibly get off thinking that this is like the virtuous thing to do or the right thing to do. Like these people are lost. They're completely lost and it just drives me so insane. And I, okay, like I could rant forever on this thing, but <laughs> but uh but it's like man, okay, so um what what sort of hope does she express? Is she did she she is she hopeful? Like it like what what is her overall disposition going into all this? Well, she understands that we're in a legal battle and um although like you know, as as I've said, she's only been in our family for uh, a little over a year. And so, um, some of our personal religious convictions, um, she hasn't fully embraced yet. Um, so she has her own reasons for not wanting the vaccines, um, that may not match exactly where we're at. Um, that's still developing in her life. Um, but you know, she, she has a lot of dreams. She has a lot of things that she wants to be able to do. She wants to not be able to go to dialysis every Mm -hmm. week. Um, You know, she, she sees that she has a lot of opportunities in front of her that she's never had before in her life. And um, you know, she wants, she wants to pursue those. And, um, and uh, I, I, you know, she's trying to figure out why, why, something like this would be such an obstacle. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what are some of the things that she wants to do? What, what are some of her goals? Um, she's expressed that, um, she wants to try walking. She actually happens to have spina bifida too, and she's in a wheelchair. Um, and her orthopedic, um, team has said that she's a great candidate for going through some, um, uh, relatively minor surgeries that could get her on her feet with a walker later this year. And so she is absolutely ecstatic about that. Um, and um, 
She loves animals. I, I can see her working with animals. She wants to be a beautician. Um, she just, you know, she's just looking wide eyed at all kinds of opportunities around her. And, um, you know, she had to be very courageous in the first place to, uh, she did not even remember meeting us when, uh, we, when we saw her in 2012. She does not remember that at all. And when we went in 2021 to bring her home, uh, we got to the orphanage and because of her age, um, she had to sign a paper consenting to be adopted. And so we get there to the director's office and she, um, <laughs> we're sitting there just chatting uh, through a translator. And the director finally said to my husband and I, well, are you going to sign your, cons your consent paper? And we said, well, we're waiting for her to sign hers. And they said, she signed hers before you even arrived. Wow. So not really even knowing us, you know, can you imagine taking that leap of faith? Yeah. Uh, she, she uh, signed that paper that she, she wanted to do this. And, um, you know, I just think that's the kind of grit that she has. Um, and I want to see her flourish. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like we all do. I can totally imagine like this is, uh, you know, this is one of those situations where it's like, you know, I feel like having faith like really does help in a situation because I, you know, like, what is it? Worst case scenario, what she, she goes to the, the, the adult waiting list and then she does have to start over and it's a few more years of, 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 of dialysis. Right. I mean, is this, is this a life threatening thing at this point? She is considered end stage renal disease. Okay. Um, so, um, for reasons that we don't know, she yeah. had one kidney already removed. So she's running on one kidney that operates at about 20%. And you meeting her would not necessarily even realize the yeah. situation that she's in. Uh, she's pretty amazing, but um, that is her reality. Wow. Wow. That's intense. Okay. Um, so how are you doing with it all? Um, you know, are you, you and your husband, like, um, how are you guys taking all of this? Well, I will say, as you can imagine, that it's been really exhausting, uh, but the thing that keeps running through my mind, Scott, is that when we get ourselves, when we have um, situations like this, where we just find ourselves in something we never would have imagined that's hard, it is an opportunity to be in the front row seat and see what God is going to do. And we really feel like he's going to have to be in the driver's seat because we don't know how to do this journey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's so true, you know, and it's just kind of, it's kind of like just, you know, I've been in situations, not obviously this, this situation, but I've been in situations where it's like, you know, at the moment, in the moment, it's very dark and it's very scary. You know, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of uncertainty, um, but, you know, having been delivered to the other side of it, it makes more sense. It's like, oh, I had to go through that. I had to experience that to be where I'm at today. Now yes. it all makes sense. And that's happened. I just talked about this recently on a show where it's like, you know, that's happened enough in my life. To where it's like when I'm in turmoil, where I'm in a, in a situation that's a, a challenge or turbulent, I can almost rest assured. And that's, again, like I said, that faith this is where the faith comes in, where it's like, I know that this is going to deliver me to something way more powerful or larger, anything that I can comprehend right now. And so I can almost just sit back and trust that God has a plan, right? And trust yes. that, that I'm being carried 
towards, you know? Yes, absolutely. He's definitely writing a story that we're going to be able to tell later, no doubt. And um, I can tell you that uh, because of this situation, because of the lawsuit, because of the publicity that's already happened around this, um, we've come into contact with people who are a wealth of um, help in a lot of ways, not just legally, but um, people who have varying levels of experience and expertise to um, just, um, I mean, a wealth of wise counsel for just helping her maximize her existing kidney and, and um, you know, people that we would not have met if we weren't in this situation. So I just think it's amazing how he brings different people into our path for, you know, to equip us. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty powerful stuff. So um, is there anything else that we need to know that, that you feel like sharing with the audience here? Well, I just uh, want to share that, um, you know, our prayers are with other families that are going through this because I know we're not alone. Um, okay. There are people all over the country who, you know, their, their stories might vary a little bit, but there are a lot of people who are being kept off of these lists and off of um, the, uh, you know, the, um, availability to be uh evaluated and uh you know it's just it's a sad state of affairs that um you know in our case our objections are partially uh religious but also i'm a person who's just been asking questions for years and you know we try to educate ourselves the best we can and then try to make good decisions for our kids care and um so hang in there if you're in the same kind of situation. Um, and, uh, let's keep working together to uh, get the word out and, uh, see some changes. Absolutely. Um, have you tried, like, I know you said you want to try to keep it within a 500 mile radius, but have you reached out to any other locations? Like I'm in Tennessee and like, it seems like I think they passed a law recently, like making it so that it was illegal for at least employers to require, vaccines have you tried any like and i think like idaho and montana i think are pretty pretty good as far as that goes have you reached out to any other states um i reached out to vanderbilt okay um, yes, right down the road here reached out to uh the miami transplant institute in florida yeah. uh riley children's in indiana um and I don't know the status of the first two that I mentioned. I know that Riley changed their protocol. Um, and so they are now requiring things that they did not before. Um, it's like, it's like that game where you've got walnuts on walnut shells on the table and there's something underneath one of them and you're trying to keep track of it all. Yeah. A lot of moving parts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So are you in touch with other families then you said there's, there's other families going through this. Do you guys have like a support group or a network or anything like that that you've created? Yeah. Uh, we've, we've connected with a lot of people through various forms, um, especially on Facebook, people just um, trying to reach out to each other and support each other and um, keep their eyes open for facilities that are, are more, um, you know, open. Um, uh we're, we're looking for light yeah. <laughs> and praying for healing, of yeah. course. And um, like I said earlier, just trying to connect with people to help us maximize uh, what she has right now and yeah. see what God has around the corner. 
Yeah. And, you know, I think we're reaching a point and I've heard some, you know, major people talking about this, but we're reaching a point now where we need our own like medical institutions. I, I, so I just moved here from Oregon and out in Oregon, there's a, a group called Pro Medical Freedom. You guys shout out to Pro Medical Freedom. They were just a bunch of nurses who were fired because in Oregon, you know, they they came hard with the healthcare worker, uh, you know, vaccine. You know, I was affected by that. Like I was working as a counselor, mental health counseling and like, well, addictions counseling and uh, lost my job because of the the mandates. Right. I, I stood my ground on that. And so that went away. And that's that's a whole whole nother story. <laughs> uh, but uh you know, they ended up forming a group called Pro Medical Freedom, where they literally were going around and intervening on on folks who were on their way to the hospital. Or there's, I know of a couple cases where folks were in the hospital being denied the treatment that they needed. You know, with COVID, and uh, they pulled them out of the hospital, gave them the early intervention medication. You know, uh, they avoided the, the the ventilators and all that, and were able to treat them and bring nurse, nurse them back to health completely using things that the hospitals were not going to provide for them because they have this protocol right that they're not allowed to stray away from for political reasons right it's like these these medical decisions these life-saving medical interventions are being held up because of politics like this is a very dark time yes in, in human human civilization not just america you know this is like a, this is a problem that humanity is facing on all fronts and like honestly america is probably one of the the, the better places in the world to be for this sort of thing you know what i mean like it's just like it's such a horrible thing that I know. I just, I think about this all the time. Like we're going to look back on this period of humanity in 20 years, you know, there's going to be all kinds of books written about it. And, uh, you know, documentaries made about this horrible dark time in human history where we, we treated each other this way, you know, and, 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 you know, I have a lot of faith in that because we are not going to let them get away with it. You know, in, in previous circumstances, like you can research and look into like, you know, they have their version of like the polio vaccine, for example. And then there's this other version of the polio vaccine where it's like, oh, no, you guys just changed the name of it. And it was introduced when it was already almost eradicated. Like you can look at the stats and see, OK, here's the that's decline great. in polio. And that's when the vaccine was introduced. Right. And you changed the name. Like we know your games. We know your tricks. So you got away with that one for a long, long, long time. We're on to you. But now you're not going to get away with this. Because I'm here and Jenna's here and there's a lot of folks out there and Brian, we the Patriots are here. Like there's a lot of folks like this, 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 this meet. You're gonna have to like literally wipe out all computers and hard drives and everything on the face of the earth to cover this one up, which is probably not outside of the scope of what they're capable of. But they're not gonna get away with this. And so it's very, it's interesting to be living through this, you know. And you hopefully with with this case will set some precedents. That's that's the big goal. That's one of the things that Brian brought up when we were when we were chatting the other day. Like one of the most important things that we can be doing in these cases, with this case and then with uh, uh, the Sergeant uh, Cano case too, is to establish precedent, legal precedent ahead of time, saying that like, okay, you guys are not allowed to do this. You guys are not allowed to do this, and here's the here's the precedent we have to hold you accountable. So, you know, whether or not these people are ever going to be held accountable, I don't know. But what we can do is at least keep fighting so that hopefully these issues when they prop up when they crop up again we you know like it'll not be in vain you know however the disposition of this case ends up being it will not be in vain you know right yeah. right amen yeah so all right any other final words or final thoughts jenna uh i can't think of any off the top of my head i just so appreciate you taking the time with us um thank you very very much yeah my pleasure i just want to do one more time here you guys so please 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 go to we the patriots usa.org um, the, the, the URL is donate dash transplant dash lawsuit. 
Um, but here it is. Once again, uh, Elisa needs a kidney transplant. Doctor reports, you know, this, we got child protective services, everything. And, uh, you know, there's a couple articles on here. There's the blaze. Oh, you're on the Stu Peter show. Okay. Oh, and Mel K. Mel K is a good friend of mine. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, you guys. So, and then just at the bottom here. So this is where we're at. Uh, the donation. So there's various different ways to donate. PayPal, which allows you to use my credit cards. Venmo, just a Venmo. Who do you guys? Come on now. Uh, so yeah, various different methods, or uh, you can do become a monthly subscriber. Monthly subscriber, donate, right. and uh, become a monthly reoccurring contributor to We the Patriots. So, okay, all right. Well, shoot, Jenna. Well, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Like, I oh, was I not sharing the screen there? Oh. Yes, yes, you did. Or was I? Now was I'm not I, sure. Okay, there we go. Was I was I sharing this a second ago? Okay, no. I was over here clicking around. Okay, so this is it, you guys. So this is what I was trying to show you guys. My bad. This is the website. If you scroll down to the bottom, you're gonna see the different uh, donation options: Visa, Mastercard, through PayPal, Venmo, um, and then reoccurring donors. If you click on the menu and go to donate, you can set up monthly reoccurring donations to We the Patriots and indicate where you want that money to go to. So, oh. Uh, Okay, well, all right, Jenna. Well, thank you so much for joining me this evening, and then just stay in touch, okay? <laughs> Excuse Sounds me. Sounds good. Yeah, thank you, developed, Scott. Yeah, as this case develops, please keep me posted and let me know, and if you ever need to come back on, I'm going to share this episode with uh, some of my other contacts and uh, hopefully maybe get some more exposure. Um, this will go out. I'll upload it to uh, InfoWars over the, uh, probably tomorrow is where I'll get that out. So, yeah, let me know if there's anything I can do to help. So. All right. Thanks, Scott. Take care and blessings in all you're doing. Awesome. Thank you so much.